Welcome to the Glow Church Podcast. We are a global church committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus around the world. I'd love to invite you to join us for a service at any of our locations or join us online for our live stream service. I trust that today's message will bring hope and purpose to your life. It's good. Deep dive into Colossians, which is good. We're looking at chapter 2, verse 1 through to 9 tonight. Um, so you can get yourselves ready there. If you're taking notes, the name of my message is called Monkey Trap. What's that got to do with Colossians 2 verse 9 of 1 to 9? Well, we're going to find out. But this is my monkey trap. If you don't know what a monkey trap is, it's simply just a, um, really a jar or a trap or a box or something um, with some rope. And what they would do to trap the monkeys is just put something in it. So when you put your hand in, you hang on to it and then you go to get it out. I can't get my hand out. I'm trapped because I'm hanging on to the treat. Okay, we all know, just let go, but they don't. They just hang on to it. And, uh, and, and that's what I want to unpack a little bit through this verse tonight because I think we can be trapped uh, in some areas of our life that we ought just let go. And, uh, and so if you want to know, um, who, who would like to know how to trap? We know how to trap a monkey. You just put some, who wants to know how to trap an Andy? It's really simple. I'll tell you. Are you ready? I've brought it with me. It's called a servo treat. You just put a servo treat in there. Now, if you know what a servo treat is, it's when you're filling up at petrol and you go in and the guy goes, would you like the chocolate for a dollar? Yes, I would. Hands in the jar and I'm trapped. That's it. Every time. In fact, I'm a little bit... Look, the 12 secondary. It's all I could find this morning when I went to the servo to buy this one. It's the Malteser Bunny. Hands up if you're a little bit of a servo treat kind of person. They're pointing. They're naming and shaming right now. Here we are, nudging husbands right across the auditorium. Um, I know they're not good for me. And I just put my hand in. I'm trapped and I'm, oh, it's terrible. Let's read some text together. And then we're going to come back to this. We're going to unpack a few verses together tonight, um, which will be good. Colossians 2, verse 1 to 9. I'm going to read it all out. So at the front end, there's a bit of text to read. And then we're going to break it down a little bit. It says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. This is Paul speaking. Paul's in prison at the time of writing. So as he's um, speaking right now, there he is penning this in prison, just the context for that. And he's concerned. Um, he's saying, I've got this struggle I have for you and for those in Laodicea, for all those um, who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no, no one may delude you with the plausible arguments for though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ." I believe as a Christian um, that, that I believe the greatest treasure that I have is, is Jesus. And, and you've got to understand that I don't come from a Christian family. This isn't just something that's been taught. Um, when I was young, and I, and I just am, am going along with this. This is something that I actively went and I received and I can stand 
on this side of once not knowing Christ and now do, saying, I have found a treasure. This is what Paul's writing. He's talking about the fact that when you find Christ and who he is, you found something that is incredible. I remember the moment I became a Christian. And uh, I remember that moment when I gave my heart to the Lord. I, I turned to my friend and I asked, do you put your hand up if you want Christ or don't want Christ? Now, it's a ridiculous question now I think about it because can you imagine? Nope. No, thank you. I was young. Give me a break. But anyway, I said, no, if you do, oh yeah, I do. Because I remember this moment of the emotions and the feelings and the insecurities and, and, and just how I felt at that time that I knew what was being preached, that there was a God who loved me. There was a God who had a purpose for me. There was a God that, 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 that wanted me to live a life better than how I was living. Um, and I heard that and that was, oh yeah, I, I want that. I, I, I want that. In fact, within 24 hours, I, I, my simple first prayer was God change me in a week and I'll serve you the rest of my life. And within 24 hours, I went to a party and I remember walking home and it's like the stars were brighter, the air was clearer. It was, I, I remember what it was like not knowing Christ and now knowing Him. Now, the reason I emphasise this is because the next 25 years isn't just skipping through the tulips. It's called life. But what I have is this reference point that I can look back to and be like, I can hang on to this, that this is the treasure that I've got. But there's so much that um, distracts me and tries to get me away from that truth. And that's when I'm coming over here and the insecurities might rise. And so then I try and, you know, um, become cool, be on social media, try and do whatever I do, get around certain friends. And, and I'm trying to get something different, a different philosophy, a different idea, a different ideology. And I'm trying to cling on to that. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, no, once you've got Christ and you, and you understand the treasure that you've got, this doesn't have a need. You don't have to be trapped or lured into other mindsets and other thinking. So that's the big idea that we're going to have a look at tonight. And we're just going to go through a few verses here. We're going to start in verse 1 when it's Paul speaking that he's struggling. Now, you would think that the reason he's struggling is because he's in jail. Well, if I was in jail, I'd be struggling. But he's not struggling because he's in jail and because of his circumstances, in fact, he's struggling because he's so concerned for other people. He's so concerned about how others are living. And for me, I'm concerned tonight and I'm concerned in the world today that there is so much to offer and distract us from the truth of God. There's so much that sounds almost right. You just need to listen to a TED Talk, take a deep dive, so, you know, to use the phrase, into YouTube, and next thing you're down into the world's philosophies that sound almost right. And, and, and we can say, oh, great, I'm going to jump onto that. And this is why Paul is struggling. And, and for me, as I was even preparing this message, I understood that. I was like, wow, I, I understand. I, I, I can get what Paul's saying here. I struggle also seeing young people grow up. I'm seeing families making decisions where it's like, wow, you're making decisions based on things that almost sound right because this is the way the world's philosophy teaches. But we're standing over here and if we can just be centred on the Word of God, 
This is where the treasure lays. And so I understand why Paul is struggling right there. And I want to urge us as Christians, and we'll get into this a little bit more around aspects of loving one another, but we should struggle or be concerned for one another. In the church, we should. And I think at the moment, the world's almost taught us not to get involved in other people's business. Oh, yeah, it's not my business. It's not my business. Can I tell you, it is my business. I love you. I don't know you, but you're part of our church. And if you're my brother, you're my sister in Christ, if you've not ever been in church before and you go, man, this guy, what's he? No, I'm deeply concerned about your life. Why? Because I believe that God has called your life to something great. I actually believe that, that God has a purpose for your life. And if we can just unpack what that blueprint is, we're going to be living a life far better. Why? Because I've seen it over 25 years, time and time again, when people submit their life to Christ, how it just radically shifts. And, and the, it's the light bulb moment. It's that moment like, wow, I'm, I'm actually just living the way that God first intended. And that's as simple as it really is. So we're going to jump forward a, a little bit here in verse 2 to 4. And, and Paul starts to talk about how we can action this together. In 2 verse 4, he starts to talk about um, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Paul tells us in this text how to avoid being deceived. And the way that we can do that is what we've got right here, which is called a church family, a community. This is us, one another. There's three aspects that Paul unpacks here. Number one is to encourage the heart Number two is to be united in love. And number three is settled in their understanding of the truth. How do we do this at Glow Church? It's called Connect Groups. We're starting back term three Connect Groups. If you are not in a Connect Group, can I say that you are not in a space where you can be united in love, where you can understand the truth fully, and where you can have someone look at you and go, don't eat the sneaky treat. Like the thing that stops me most from being taken away in, in some of these aspects, and if we use the analogy of the treat, it's, it's quite simple. The, the, the accountability of my wife is one of the areas where it's like, don't buy the treat, you don't need that. I think it's quite offensive. But accountability is one area. I go to the gym, I do, that was not just a subtle brag, it was almost trying to convince you, but I go to the gym every day with a guy on the Gold Coast called Joey. Joey White, everyone, everyone loves Joey. I go to the gym. If we only ate as good as we trained, we may marginally look fit. Um, but we train every day, it's true. Um, but we, in fact, I'm going to call Joey out right now, you can all text him, I'm fine without him. Thursday, he goes, Bro, are we go in the gym in the morning? I go, absolutely. He goes, oh, good, man. He goes, I had a bad day. I said, why? What do you mean? He goes, at KFC for lunch. I said, all right. He goes, then I took the kids to Donut King after school. I said, yeah, right. And we're at the Thursday night leaders night. And then he goes, yeah, just had Maccas for dinner. I'm like, <laughs> so I hit the trifecta. I'm like, bro, see you in the morning. And uh, 
so we went to the gym. But accountability around going to the gym, accountability around food, accountability in all areas of life, accountability really is the aspect of what helps. So if you go, I'm going to get into some sort of training regime or I'm going to do be eating or I'm going to be a Bible reading plan or whatever it might be, it's accountability that holds us firm. This is what Paul's talking about here as they come together and love through unity. And it's not... Um, they're getting love in unity. In fact, the phrase, the way it's put, is it's the unity comes because um, they are loving one another. And what does love look like? It says this, hey, this thing in your life, I don't know if you can see this, but the way that you talk, hey, the way that you're, you're acting right now, I'm not too sure, but you seem to be um, cranky all the time. Or I've got a connect group, 6 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, bunch of guys and we get together and we have permission to speak into one another's lives. That's what a connect group is. Now, it's taken two terms of connecting with one another where it goes from you're having a coffee, you're chilling out, you're, oh, yeah, you're talking about these things, and we open the word, and then you go a little bit deep. Ours haven't, it wasn't deep dive. It was like we were barely snorkeling, you know. It was, but that's okay. That's a connect group. And so if you're expecting to dive into a connect group and, and like, no, this takes time. It's relationships. But this is what Paul is encouraging here. He's actually encouraging us to get together, He's, to love one another, to let the truth come out because as the more truth that comes to me in my life and, and the, more, the more it's me pointed back to that treasure which is Christ. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying right here that um, in this verse, he's saying that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding of this knowledge which is found in Christ. That's what I want in a connect group. And so again, connect groups are starting back this week. It can be uh, in all areas of life, different times. And, and, and I'm sure you can find out that information out in the Connection Hub after the service. Find out exactly what sort of a uh, connect group you can join. There's men's, there's women's, there's families, there's mixed, there's young adults. There's all sorts of connect groups. But the purpose of the connect group is this. It's that we can be um, there together. And, and united in love and, and settled in our understanding. And so um, as Paul encourages us to do this, what, what we get in this connection, what we get in church and what we get with other believers is the calling out of that, of that truth and that Christ is the treasure in our life. So we, we go through, that's, the last verses are, are 6, 7 and 8. We're going to jump ahead to verse 8. So if you've got your Bible there, jump to 8 because in verse 8, we're going to have a look at what the the problem is, and then we're going to come back into verse 6 and 7 about how we actually deal with this. But if we go 6 and 7, anyway, we'll go 8. Here we go. It says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Believers face this very real threat of, of being captivated by false doctrines. We were talking about this a little bit before. And Paul's warning is, see that no one takes you captive or to carry you away, to kidnap or to trap you in some of these doctrines. I have to tell you right now, I reckon I've, there's some that I've, with Christianity, that I've almost, it, it, it almost sounds right. Some of these areas would be um, almost like perfect Christianity, that's almost like a doctrine that, that people try to put on me where I'm striving as a Christian here and, and my hand's just trapped in this 
perfection mindset around Christianity, and, and I've actually just got to let go. That's, that's not the model of what Christ wants to teach. Uh, these workspace, in fact, in another book in Galatians, and if you are interested in that, I think we're doing that one in Glow Melbourne. And I think all the messages are going on podcasts, and, and so you can go and listen to that um, during the week. And I think the Gold Coast, we're doing Nehemiah. And so you can take three deep dives. Man, you're on a, a dive tour. Um, so um, Galatians, but Paul writes there and he says, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? You started out in the grace of God, this free gift of receiving what um, he has given his life for, and now you've turned and you've gone back to your works. This is Paul. I mean, he went hard with the Galatians. We're just doing Colossians. We're good. We're just encouraging you here. But Galatians, you foolish Galatians, why have you turned back to that? Um, whereas, whereas here, Paul's just saying, listen, um, we're, we've got to just going to be letting go of some of these things that we're hanging on to, some of these philosophies, some of these family traditions. Now, for me, I didn't grow up in church, as I said, and I had some traditions, I had some mindsets that needed to shift. I, I, ne- I needed to um, come out of some, some ideologies that I had grown up into and, and put the filter of the Word of God over these. And, and so for us, these are some of the ones that, that, um, that do that do affect us. And so here, um, there's two ways, and he talks about the two origins that this philosophy come about. First, Paul says this empty deception, which is based on human tradition. Uh, William Barclay, he says it this way, it was a product of the human mind and not a message of the word of God. And so it's all the human mind. I mean, you can go watch TED Talks to the cows come home, but you're not going to get free you can, watch, you can watch your YouTube all day long, but you're not going to get free. Now, here's the hard thing. These avenues or these platforms are helpful and useful. Even some of the knowledge of what they're teaching is good. In fact, it probably um, comes from biblical principles. But the problem is when we turn from the true, authentic Christ and allowing Him and He only to change our world and relying on these other aspects... That's where Paul's saying, you, you can't have both. You, you can't have both of these. And the second source was these um, empty deception was the basic principles of this world, just this principles of the world. You know, um, I, was at a, I was at my kid's school the other, uh, a few weeks ago. They did, they got this consultant in. It's a Christian school. They got a consultant, spoke to the students, the, the teachers and the, um, and the parents. And they just wanted to look at how they can do the school better in the next 10 years. And uh, as we went in, they, they got up and they broke us into small groups and they're writing on um, bits of paper hanging on the wall around and there's all different groups. And then they had to share. Um, you're going to learn a bit about me. Um, I, I'm somewhat grumpy sometimes. I know it. It's all good. Or just an intolerance to stupid things. So anyway, <laughs> I, just, I, I, know, I, just, I don't know. I just, ah, oh. okay. Anyway, stay with me. So the first lady shares and she goes, you know, I just want the school to be safe Okay. Great, you want to be safe. I want it to be inclusive. What does this mean? Um, I I want it to be, and they're using all of these words of the world that I'm not saying are wrong because when you're in Christ, you are safe. You're safe in Him, not in any other. uh, When when we're in Christ, we are inclusive. But what they're saying is they're leaning in with, I want to be. I want to be safe. I want to be inclusive. I just. I don't think that we should be. You know, giving out ducks. I think we should all 
I'm like, I think there should be winners and losers. And, and, and this is what's going on in my head. I'm, in the back of the, I'm on the back of the room. And I'm thinking, your daughter's going to do great. She's going to go apply for a job. And, and, and one person's going to get the job. And the other four are not going to get participation awards. They're going to get no job. And so we could build some resilience in kids. Anyway, you got me on a rant. So anyway, anyway, so it goes around. I'm safe, inclusive, I want this, I want that. And they get to my group. And my group had even away from me. I'm a... Because I, in my small group, as we're doing this, I was getting a bit, so it's my turn. And I said, okay, so the kid's school is called a manual. That's a giveaway. So this is how I start. I go, okay, so hi, I go, um, all good. And it all sequentially tied into each other until you got to our group. Because although I agree with safe and inclusive and you're probably all um, reflecting aspects of your poor um, schooling experience... Um, yeah, I know, how to win friends and influence people, right? I said, for me, can we just start with the name, Emmanuel, God with us? I, I, I said, I, I'll tell you what I want in the school. I, I want Christ. And a lady goes, Nyah. Hang on, hit pause. Anytime there's awkward run towards it. That's just my philosophy. Okay, I was emceeing once and I went to congratulate some people on their engagement and they had both been previously divorced and I said I congratulate them on their divorce. Now, this is in church. It came out wrong. And I shivers. Um, So as I said it, yeah, everyone's doing that. Oh my gosh. What do you do? Run to awkward. I said, no, oh no, no, they've done that. It's engagement. Congratulations. And everyone cheers and it was all good. You just run to awkward. It's like that was their life. They were happy. They were fine. They were engaged. They were thrilled. It's good. Anyway, back to this. So anyway, I run to awkward. I look at, lady. And I go, Yeah. I go, what? She goes, did you actually? I did. I go, And everyone goes, so everyone's like, I go, what does that even mean? I said, I want Christ in my kids' school, which is a school called Emmanuel, God with us. And I said, let me just explain to you. I said, the school has been going for 40-something years and you've enrolled your children because you want something that is in here. And the success of 40 years has built a culture that you want. And you don't know what you want. And I'm telling you now that what you want is Christ. So you can ah oh, to the to, to the concept of Christ, but I'll tell you how you get safe, inclusive. It's through Christ. I said, so we're not going to debate it. I'm going to hand back over to the consultant because we've taken a bit too much time, and uh, we'll all take our seats. And um, we all went. We sat down. Here's the thing: I had multiple parents walk past, and they're like. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, thank me, speak up. Like, leave me out in the breeze. But here's what they're doing. They are living this version of Christianity that's almost Christian. 
it's, I, I want safe, I want inclusive, I want this, I, want, I, I, I sort of want all of these things, but I don't want to call it that. I do want to call it that. He's my treasure. He's changed my life. I look back to that moment and if you've not yet received that, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment where you can receive Christ and your life can be changed. And I know it will be changed because He created you. He created you with a purpose. And really the concept is this, that when I'm saying He'll save us, it is that He's saving us from a future that He didn't design. He designed another future. And, and the way that we get there is by allowing Him to be our Saviour and our Lord. That's the bit that we don't like. And that's the bit, if we look in verse 6 and 7, in closing now, is the bit that we get to that's the problem. So in verse 6 and 7, it says this, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, there it is right there. Receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You see, there's a difference between Saviour and Lord. Lord is saying, you're Lord of my whole life. I'm easy to get saved. It's easy to say, hey, man, I need saved. My life's not great. I feel insecure. I've got some challenges. I've, I've, got, and I've, I've gone to the YouTube. I've gone to the TED Talks. I've gone to the... It's, it's just not... Yeah, I want to be saved. I want to know who he is. And so I receive him. But at the moment of receiving him, then it's handing over your life to be Lord. If the team want to come now, let me explain that what that looks like. It's this. It's hanging on to all of these concepts. It's saying, hey, you see, when I was 16, it was easy to hand over lordship of my finances to God. I had $3.62. You can be a lord of my finances. Now I'm 40. And, and, and you have some, some money and some property and you've got some things and, you, and then God says, hey, I'd really like you to invest and put some money into this. Oh, I'm hanging on to that because the finances is my security. I've worked a lot of years for this and I don't attribute any of it to you, God. It's on me. I'm hanging on to that. God say, no, 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 no. Let go of that philosophy and thought that you got yourself there and turn back to me. But God, I want to hand over all of my time. Again, you've got all the time in the world. It's like it was easy to let God be, you know, Lord of my time when I was younger without children. You know, three children. It's like someone the other day goes, hey, let's catch up. I said, sure. And they go, what night works for you? I said, 2024. <laughs> like what night? A sport training on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Youth Friday. It's like... Uh, let me just try and work this one out. But then God's challenged us to get involved in something else. And we're like, oh, but I'm hanging on to the lordship of the time that I have. I want you to serve in church. Now, I've done that before, but I, I just like, COVID was good. COVID was good. Sundays are my time now. And God's coming in and going, hey, why don't, you, why don't you join the kids team? There's my, just plug. Just unashamed. I'm not even going to apologise for it. It's a prophetic word. But, but, but why don't you join hosting? Why don't you join? Hey, listen, you were playing that instrument a number of years ago and you've put it down. 
God's coming to you and saying, hey, why don't you come back? And you're like, oh, I'm hanging on to the Lordship of my time, the Lordship of my talents, the Lordship of my finances. And what it says right there is the very way that we can turn from these philosophies is by allowing Him to be not just Saviour, but to be Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tune in next week for more great messages and to stay up to date with what's happening at Glow. For more information, check us out on our social media platforms or on our website, glowchurch.com. We hope you have an awesome week.